All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a Tuesday, February 7th edition of Daily Faceoff Live. We're streaming live on YouTube, Twitter, as well as, of course, dailyfaceoff.com. He's former NHL netminder, current Daily Faceoff analyst, Mike McKenna. Mike, what's going on? Oh, man, just living, you know, five straight days of youth hockey on the ice. It's just the way it should be, I guess, when we're parents, right? I'm sure you're probably in the same boat when it comes to all the youth stuff, so... Enjoying it. Enjoyed seeing some hockey back on the ice last night as well. Oh, yeah. Big night on the ice. It's By the way, it's crazy, just on a quick youth hockey aside, that the season is winding down already and already, uh, depending on who you talk to, in tryout mode and developing next year's roster already. So uh, youth hockey, the game never sleeps. Let's, uh, let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock, Mike, because we have some news to get to right off the top. As I reported earlier this morning on dailyfaceoff.com, some breaking news that Marty Walsh will be formally named the new executive director of the NHL Players Association shortly after the president's State of the Union address on Tuesday night. Walsh needed to attend in person the joint session in Congress. He is the current sitting U.S. Secretary of Labor. He is, of course, the former mayor of Boston as well, a two-term elected official there who then jumped to the Joe Biden uh, cabinet in 2021. And Mike, this has been out there for a little bit in terms of it being rumored. I'd expect an official announcement uh, potentially before the end of the week. He's expected to be formally rubber stamped by the NHLPA's executive board. And when you think about it, It's a little bit of an outside the box hire in a number of different ways. One, 
Walsh is previously unconnected for the most part to the hockey world. Uh, he's someone that obviously being uh, in charge of labor unions and then the mayor of Boston uh, had, does not have a traditional hockey past. Uh, on top of that, he's also the first new executive director in NHLPA history who's not a lawyer, so does not have a legal background mm -hmm. as well. Uh, when you consider you know, all of the potential uh, ramifications and how important this hire is for the NHLPA to get right, what jumps out to you? Well, you touched on the first part in that Walsh is not a lawyer. I mean, he's not a classically trained uh, or educated person, right? He got his degree in 2009 after working for years as a laborer and being president of the Laborers Union 223 in Boston. And um, I think this is a really good choice for the players because they're grabbing somebody who um, it seems he really, you'd have to want to take this job, put it that way, right? Like you're not taking it. Um, just for money reasons. Walsh can do fine in any sector he wants with his resume at this point. He needs to feel the desire to take on a fight and to be able to, to go back kind of to his roots uh, with labor unions. So um, that the fact that he's not a lawyer though, man, like that's the thing in union discussions we talk about all the time. Well, a lawyer is going to be expensive. We're going to have to find a lawyer. Well, the NHLPA was, NHLPA was able to go out and manage to find somebody who wasn't, um, but has that same background in negotiating and dealing with big topics, man. Mayor of Boston sitting on the on the cabinet for Biden. Like he's a pretty big dog, Frank. I'm, I'm excited by this. He is a hockey fan. Um, I think that's going to help. Yeah, this is certainly the most high profile hiring uh, that the NHL Players Association has ever done. Uh, it will formally mark the end of Don Fears 11 year reign whenever the news is announced. And uh, as expected uh, and reported in the story, the NHLPA's cabinet under Walsh is expected to remain very similar. Special assistant to the executive director, Matthew Schneider, as well as counsel Don Zavolo and uh, assistant as well. Um, uh, Ron Hainsey and then Mike Gillis as consultant. Those guys are all expected, at least in the beginning, uh, to remain at their, their posts. Uh, as I reported, uh, an announcement official uh, could come uh, before the end of the week. Let's turn our attention, Mike, back to the ice and talk about what was the game of the year. Probably one of the most exciting non-playoff games I've watched in the last handful of years. It was just about everything you could ever want in the Calgary Flames visit to the Madison Square Garden to face the New York Rangers on Monday night to kick off the unofficial second half of the NHL season. There was monstrous hits, some pretty goals, back and forth action, and an intensity that's really been missing for the bulk of this regular season to start. What's your favorite part about this 5-4 win for the Rangers? Well, I hope it's a sign of things to come because it was a great game. Uh, chances go in both directions, but I, I, you touched on it with the intensity, and it all started in the first period when Nas Kadri went behind the net and hit Jacob Truba. Uh, it wasn't a dirty hit, but it was kind of like on the borderline, right? And it caught Truba's attention. Keandre Miller chased Kadri up the ice a little bit, and you could just tell that there was going to be fireworks in the game, and it came through. I mean, Truba had to fight twice because of clean hits because that's what we do in hockey now. Um, and, and Sammy Blay levels Milan Lucic. And the thing that I really noticed, though, is that I think the Rangers were the more focused team, right? They ended up getting two power plays off of those Truba hits. They made the Flames pay. They did have a few more chances than the Flames did. And um, I thought that this game just was a was a big statement for the Rangers in saying, hey, we will not be pushed around by a team. We are going to put our foot down here. 
um, and we're going to play our game. And both teams did it, and it was pretty exciting outcome. Big goal for Lafreniere at the end, too. And you could see how mad at Markstrom was. Man, smashed a stick, took a minor out of frustration. Whew. Quite a game, Frank. Yeah, quite a game is right. Did you have any issue with the hits? Uh, Truba on Kadri and also Blay on Lucic. None. No. And Blay was reviewed. It was a hit to the body. Totally fine. And Truba stepped up on Kadri. And I tell you what, I even took a look at Kadri's helmet to see how he wears his chin strap because I figured it was way loose. And that's why it, fly, it flew off. Kadri actually wears his chin strap pretty properly, man. Like it's only like an inch below his chin. Yeah, it was just that hard of a hit. Truba sees him coming. He's got him in the trolley tracks. So I had no problem with either of them. And neither did Daryl Sutter, head coach of the Flames. Yeah, 100%. I agree. I, I thought the hits were extremely clean. Uh, physical. That's the way the game should be played. I, I kind of mentioned on social media, I was really surprised to see that Kadri wasn't taken for an evaluation as part of the concussion protocol. You mentioned how he mm -hmm. wears his chin strap. People were like, well, why would you check him out for a concussion if it wasn't a hit to the head? And I'm like, guys, we should know enough about concussions and how they work now that you do not require a hit to the head in order to be concussed. I mean, just look at the rotational force on the helmet because you mentioned he's wearing it properly to get it to fly off mm -hmm. like that. And then to think that, hey, this guy doesn't need to be examined. I, I don't know how yeah, dude, he knocked his block off. Literally. Like quite literally. <laughs> and everyone's like, what are you talking yeah. about, moron? Why are you soft? And look, I get it. Come at me. Say whatever you want on social media. I still, I think it's possible to like and enjoy the physicality and think it's clean and also have concern for players' brains that these two things are not mutually exclusive. I'll buy you a beer to that, Frank. I totally agree, man. We can play hard, but we can also play safe. And and it surprised me too. He got, Kadri got drilled there, man. Like that was big time. That's the hit of the year. And Jacob Truba has a long list of, uh, of candidates on there. It's uh, he's, it seems like every night he catches someone. And so maybe someone should be ready for that. Maybe they should read the scouting report next time. Uh, let's transition to the Pittsburgh Penguins. There was some news from their general manager, Ron Hextall on Sunday. He held a press conference uh, just about a month ahead of the NHL's trade deadline on March 3rd and said, Hey, look, uh, we're probably not going to be in the market to be trading our first round pick. He talked about how he likes the way the Penguins are structured on paper, but the results on the ice, he's less than thrilled with. What are your thoughts on Ron Hextall's statement? I know that this is a special draft, uh, that this draft is deeper uh, than most others, and that you're in a spot probably in the, in the mid-teens to early uh, 20s to get a special player that can impact your franchise. But given where this team is, having re-signed uh, Evgeny Malkin to a four-year deal, having re-signed Chris Letang to a six-year deal. Why would you be holding back your first-round pick if you can improve your team? My argument would be not just for now at the deadline with a rental, but get a player and re-sign him long-term with some of those contracts that are coming off the books. Yeah, you know, you think about a player like even a man, a Brock Besser or someone who maybe you could have under cost control for a little while that might help out. Um, I think this team really misses Evan Rodriguez, which I didn't expect I'd say from last season, who's now at the Avalanche. But um, it, it kind of is Hextall 101, right? Like he's he's always been a little bit conservative in how he approaches things, which I appreciate. But it does feel like this window is going to close real fast for the Penguins if they don't act on it. Like you don't want to still be trying to go for things in the years five and six of the Malkin or Crosby deal when you don't know what it's going to be like in times now, man. So I, I'm not surprised by his logic. I'd like to have a first rounder in this pick as well. I'd like to do it differently. I'd like to do it with maybe a player in a second rounder if I had to, but I just don't know what's available 
that's really going to move the needle for this team if that's the way that Hextall wants to do it. Like, I, I think if it's a first rounder, maybe this team gets back on track. They haven't been consistent enough. Just like you said, it was a very honest evaluation of his club. But I think they need a push, Frank. Uh, and, and it may take a first rounder to do that. And like I say, like you don't want to be waiting until years three, four, five, six of those contracts for their three big players uh, for this team to contend again. Well, and that's really the ideal time frame in which you'd be able to get that first round pick into your lineup is years three, four, right. five, and six. So to me, I, I, it doesn't make a lot of sense, um, their posture. And when you think about um, the spot that they're in, you know, get some, like I said, get someone that you can you can put in the lineup now. Like Here's an ideal candidate that I'm thinking of, someone like a Timo Meyer. You know, you yeah. you have potentially the assets in order to make it work if you're willing to trade that first round pick. And with Dumoulin and Zucker coming off the books, that's nine and some million dollars. You can, especially trading someone like Kasperi Kapanen back, you can make the money work. Go after and get those elite centers that you have, some star wingers to play on your team now and for the foreseeable future to help you uh, with both the here and now. I think when you commit all those dollars to those players at that age for that term to turn around at this deadline and, and sort of act half pregnant doesn't really make a lot of sense because there is no such thing as being half pregnant. Uh, let's talk about the Florida Panthers and their big win over the Tampa Bay Lightning, the uh, Battle of Florida on Monday night. Uh, it was really a lopsided affair with the uh, Florida Panthers coming away with a seven to one win over the Lightning, who just looked to be a little bit disjointed, to say the least. And when you take a look at, not so much from the Tampa perspective, because we're going to be joined by Eric Erlinson shortly to talk Tampa Bay Lightning, but from a Florida Panthers perspective, when you look at the standings, we knew a push was, in, was needed in this unofficial second half of the season. Is it too far to say that this was a statement win for the Cats? Uh, I think it's a it's obviously a big win coming back, and it looks good on paper. But this was a little bit closer game than it looked. Bobrovsky was really good. Vasilevsky was flat out bad. It's only the second time in his career he's been dinged for seven goals against. Um, that was surprising. Um, but when I think about the Panthers, they got one X factor on this club, man, that's named Matthew Kachuk, that in the past two seasons, he's third in the NHL in scoring across the board. He's fifth in the NHL this year. And when the Panthers have their full lineup, when Barkov's there, who, by the way, left the game last night, that's worrisome, blocked a shot with his hand. I think they could contend. What they're going to run into, though, Frank, is teams have games in hand on them. Panthers and the Islanders, they're both at 53 games. Uh, the teams they're contending with have much less. Washington, Pittsburgh, um, that are in the mix, Buffalo as well. So the Panthers, bottom line, they're going to have to go on a heater to make the playoffs. Like, they're going to have to win, like, 8 to 10 games at some point here and really run the table. And with Matthew Kachuk, maybe that can happen. But without Barkov, I still think it's going to be difficult for this Panthers team. But they're definitely in the mix. You can't write them off yet. I'd just be surprised if they finally get over the hump to make it into the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, such a tough blow for Barkov. You watch that play over and over again. It was, like, this close to hitting his shin pad instead of catching him in the hand. What When you've watched Barkov this season, what's wrong with him? I, I know he's still over a point-per-game pace, 47 points in 43 games. He just doesn't look like nearly the same threat this year. Well, I, I just think across the board with the Panthers, it's looked a little bit out of sync. you know. And I'm not sure whether that comes from having you know, just a new coach or a different voice. Obviously, Barkov is pretty good for Brunette. He was pretty good for Gerard Gallant before that. He's been good under a lot of coaches. Um, I, I haven't seen him really have the same speed and be able to take over games with quickness that I have in the past. 
And that's where I'm kind of curious if, you know, if he's where he needs to be. But he's still an unbelievable player. I just keep wondering if Kachuk and Barkov team up more. You know, it's been a lot of Bennett and Kachuk. Do we see more of Barkov and Kachuk? Could that happen? Tough to call, man. Kachuk's performing pretty well alongside Bennett. Yeah, if they can get everyone healthy too, depending on, again, the Barkov injury and what happens with Duclair and his rehab from the Achilles and what's going on with Patrick Hornquist and his concussion, they may have a salary cap decision to make from a compliance perspective as well. One word answer, yes or no, do the Florida Panthers get in? No. Okay. Mark that down. Mike McKenna says no. Let's get to our deadline countdown date. Today uh, is the Tampa Bay Lightning. Let's talk with Eric Erlinson. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique. And your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people sing you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. That's right. Pleased to be joined for this week's edition of the All 32, which is delivered by our friends at Montana's Eric Erlinson to talk Tampa Bay Lightning from lightninginsider.com. Eric, always great to see you. And uh, my big question for you, when you take a look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, which under Julian Brisebois have been very aggressive at the last number of deadlines, and rightly so, if you look at this group as they're currently constituted, no first round or second round pick this year, no first round pick in 2024, they may want to be aggressive, but how aggressive can they be with their lack of assets and a relative lack of prospects? It's it's a task. There's no doubt about it. But Julian Brisebois has certainly shown over the past three trade deadlines how aggressive he wants to be. You know, he recognizes the opportunity for this core of players, you know, Stamkos and Hedman and, and these guys who are still in their 30s, Kucherov, Vasilevsky in their late 20s. The window's still open. And if he can find a way to move assets to help the team this year. And, and the thing to look for is, is it somebody that can help beyond this year, right? We've seen that with Blake Coleman and, and Barclay Goodrell, where both still had one more years remaining on their contract when they acquired them in 2020. Uh, Brandon Hagel has contract term when they acquired him. Nick Paul was a pending UFA, but they found a way to sign him to a seven-year contract. So those are the type of players uh, that Julian likes to identify. They're not going deep sea hunting. 
right? They're not going into those deep waters to bring in a, a big name because they just don't have the cap space and they probably don't have the, um, the collateral to bring uh, somebody like that in. So he's probably looking for a player we haven't even thought about right now. But one thing with Julian we know, he's going to find a way to do something to kind of give this team a little bolster. So, Eric, put your GM hat on here. I mean, the Tampa Bay has been solid all year. They've been in the mix, but they haven't really hit, like, mega stage. You know, they haven't been as scary as maybe a Boston sometimes this season. If you're looking to round out this Tampa Bay club, where do you see weaknesses? Where do you think Brisebois would like to add to bolster his chances heading into this year's Stanley Cup playoffs? Well, the defense was a question mark, uh, the blue line going into training camp, and I don't think they've gotten enough answers there. Uh, I think Nick Perbix has been a big, big surprise for them, uh, you know, coming out of uh, St. Cloud State last year and jumping right in the NHL and, and taking on some good quality minutes. So he's been a big surprise, uh, whereas Philip Myers has been a bit of uh, a disappointment, right? And he's playing down in Syracuse right now. So he's not even on the roster. He hasn't uh, been the reclamation project yet that they were hoping he would be. Uh, so that's an area I know they've been linked to Luke Shen, a uh, big physical right-hand shot defenseman, obviously familiar with the lighting, having been with them for those two cup championships in 20 and 21. Uh, I, again, if you get into bidding more, though, for uh, a, you know, a right-hand shot defensively, which is what a lot of teams look for this time of year, I don't know that they're going to be able to uh, outbid another team for Luke Shen's services to get him out of Vancouver and bring him back here. Uh, and then the other area, too, is they haven't had the depth forward-wise that they've had the past couple years, which has been a strength of theirs. So they've been really top-heavy with Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov and Steven Stamkos and, and Brandon Hagel providing uh, a lot of the offense. So if you're looking for uh, somebody that can kind of maybe bring some scoring to the bottom lines, uh, that would be a big help. I mean, Ross Colton had 20 goals last year. He just hit the 10-goal mark right before the All-Star break. Vladimir Estikov is a 12 to 15 goal scorer. He's got three at this time of the year. So they don't have the same type of production from their bottom six that they've had in past years, which is a big reason why they probably haven't been able to go on that type of run. I mean, you look at their road record this year. They're 12 and 12 on the road. And I know the adage is you win your home games and go 500 on the road, and they're playing that formula to a T. They've got you know, 12 straight home wins coming into tonight's game against San Jose. But the matchup situation on the road, I think that's a big reason why they are just 12 and 12 uh, away from Amelie Arena. Uh, so it, it's, it's the depth on the bottom six that I think is an area they'd like to look at too. Yeah, Eric, I was wondering if they maybe turn to Chicago again for another depth ad, someone with term, someone like Sam Lafferty, who has some elite speed next year. He's locked up at 1.15 million, certainly fits Tampa's cap. And I just look at that fourth line and say, man, that's someone that could maybe use a little bit of speed uh, to inject into that lineup and maybe cajole a couple goals, maybe some penalty killing help as well. But I wanted to ask you to go back to the first question about some of the assets that might be in play from a Tampa perspective. And this will maybe get uh, Mike excited as well. If you look at someone like Hugo Alnefelt, uh, who's in Syracuse, is that the top trade chip that they have prospect wise? Given that, you know, as good as he's played this year in Syracuse, someone that probably has a, a roadblock up in place to really make an impact at the NHL level when you consider Andre Vasilevsky in net. Yeah, 88 is a big roadblock for any goaltender in the system. There's no doubt about like, that. Like literally um, big. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and a big presence. He casts a big shadow. There's a lot of analogies we can use there. Um, it, it, look, uh, Julian has proven that he's not concerned about trading prospects like that. And if, he, if that's your biggest chip, 
you know, that's your biggest chip. I mean, he had he didn't hesitate at all trading Nolan Foot a couple of years ago to get to bring in Blake Coleman here. He was their first round draft pick that year, you know, and a lot of people were excited about his shot and uh, everything that he could do. So he's not afraid to do that. You know, you look at a guy too, like Isaac Howard, who was their first round draft pick last year. He hasn't transitioned to college uh, as quickly as maybe they'd hope, but that's not unusual uh, for players like that. Uh, you know, highly skilled uh, type of forward. Um, you know, they wouldn't, I don't think they would hesitate to move him. Jack Finley is a six foot six center. They get playing down in Syracuse. So they have, they don't have blue chip assets because that's what happens when you draft 28th, 29th, 30th every year. And then you trade your first round draft pick. So they don't have the big name prospects, but they get guys who are solid NHL prospects uh, in their pipeline. And if they're going to, uh, you know, they don't have the draft picks to move, but they do have the prospects to move. And that's an area where if you're going to maybe bring in a player that has some pedigree, uh, that's an area uh, of the prospect depth that you can look at because their track record of producing players and getting them in the developmental system here has just been phenomenal. I mean, Nick Perbix is another example of it this year where nobody really knew who Nick Perbix was, right? He, he's a six round draft pick. He was playing the St. Cloud State. Uh, he kind of Put his name out there when he made the U.S. Olympic team last year, uh, but he's just come in and played just super solid minutes uh, for a team that really needed a defenseman to come in and step up. So they they have that track record. So you know, even looking at some of those prospects, if you're another team, you're saying, "Hey, the Lighty know how to develop players. If we bring him in, he might be a good uh, NHL prospect." Yeah, they certainly know how to pick players too, hitting on uh, rounds four, five, six, and seven, certainly more than many other NHL teams have in the last number of years. And if you don't have first round picks, that's certainly the only way that you can do it. Thanks so much to Eric Erlinson for joining us today for some fantastic insight on the Tampa Bay Lightning. 24 days to go until the NHL's trade deadline on March 3rd. We've got the deadline countdown series on dailyfaceoff.com. You can check out our Lightning playbook later today, and you can follow Eric Erlinson on Twitter, Eric underscore Erlinson, Erlinson, excuse me, and Lightning Insider. Com, one of the best in the business. Thanks so much to Eric for joining us for this week's All 32, which is delivered by our friends at Montana's. They're bringing back the viewing party all season long at Montana's. They've got their daily deals going. You see Tuesday, $5 tacos with the purchase of any beverage. They've also got their new comfort menu going, and we have a promotion going on our social media channels. Head on over to the Daily Faceoff Instagram. You can win yourself a $50 Montana's gift card, which would certainly go a long way with those daily deals. Here are the details, and head over to montanas.ca for more information. Thanks, Eric. Yep, my pleasure. And hey, for Mike, I wore my Rock and Roll Hall of Fame shirt. Perfect. <laughs> Love to see that. <laughs>So Eric's got his Rock and Roll Hall of Fame t-shirt. If you didn't know, Mike yeah. McKenna is a big heavy metal fan. So there you go. Uh, Mike, uh, speaking of uh, sartorial suggestions, Eric had the t-shirt. What do you make of uh, the Devil's post-game hat? That's our daily face-off inbox question of the day. It says here, pass or fail. I'm going to say, is it dope or nope? Oh, dude, this is wicked. Like, this is awesome, man. That hat is absolutely ridiculous. I'm all for completely stupid post-game awards. It's better than the championship belt that every team has had for years. So uh, I'll give you an example. My daughter's squirt team, Frank, they've got a hard hat that was found on the side of the highway that we uh, sanitized. That's their player of the game award. So I love it, dude. What do you think? So, of course, if you're new, this is a follow of uh, the Devil's jersey that says jersey. So now they have a hat that says hat. 
Um, I don't know, man. I think this is as cheesy as it gets. And by the way, having been in a ton of youth hockey locker rooms, I think the player of the game is a little awkward, especially when you're dealing with eight and 10 year old kids. Invariably, you have a whole room of kids every night that end up being uh, disappointed. So I don't know. I'd prefer if uh, we didn't do that. Hey, hey, that gives them something to look forward to. It teaches them to celebrate the kids <laughs> that don't necessarily all score. We're teaching life. Yeah, lessons, I was right? going to say that's a that's a big thing because invariably on our team we have uh, one kid that never passes the puck and just scores all the goals. So maybe that's part of the issue. Uh, that brings yeah. us to Tyler Uremchuk and our daily faceoff points bet daily bet segment. Tyler, what do you got? First off, some eight year old is catching strays here from Frank Saravalli on a live show. Also, he Frank should. using the word he, goat. He, today. We have a kid on our team that has fifty six goals in ten games, and I appreciate the hustle, yeah. but. Son, you need to move the puck. Yeah. Wait till you have uh, kids, Tyler. Never... You'll, you'll learn here. You'll learn. Every team's got one or two of them. My team. To that doesn't. kid, I uh, keep it up. They never draft the whole team. They only draft one player. So you keep rolling, buddy. Uh, let's get into my picks for tonight's uh, slate, courtesy of Points Bet Canada. I love having hockey back, and I like this matchup here at the top. The Edmonton Oilers, yes, they are on the road coming out of the all-star break, but they have been a great road bet all season. The Red Wings, very average heading into the break. So, yeah, maybe the time off did something well for them. But I also think that you could say the same thing for the Oilers, who were 7-1-2 and two in their last 10 heading into the All-Star break. I like the Oilers. I like the puck line, plus 145. Let's chase a little bit of juice. And then my second one is a little shot prop parlay. I had some success with this in the month of January. So I'm looking to roll it into February as well. Two players, both the lines are set at one and a half. William Carlson has 13 shots on goal in his last five games. I think this is a great spot for him tonight. He had five shots in his last game, so he only needs two. It's a good spot. You play that with Vince Dunn over one and a half, which again, he's got 13 shots on goal in his last five games as well. Been hitting this pretty consistently all season. Play those two together. It's plus 141. There's two picks for tonight at plus 140. And Frank, I know you were riding with me on the Anaheim Ducks last night. A heartbreaking, just heartbreaking shootout loss. Damn, so close. Yeah, I was kind of hoping that you didn't bring that up. But, hey, I love the odds, love the juice, and that's why you play the game. You try and uh, exactly. try and extract as much money as you can. I hate playing the chalk all the time. So thanks to Tyler for our Points Bet Daily Bet segment. That brings us to Garbage Time and Mike McKenna. And, Mike, you notice that this is an important anniversary for a game in number 66 career. That's right, Super Mario. 20 years ago, yesterday, uh, my friend Kurt Hardley pointed this out on Twitter. Uh, Mario Lemieux went crazy in a game, okay? And he got 29 penalty minutes in one stoppage of play. And it reads, slashing, instigator, fighting, misconduct, game misconduct. The game was a whole schmozzle. There's YouTube of it. There's fights. There's things everywhere. But what ended up happening is Brad Ferentz, who I played with in Omaha, the American Hockey League for the Omaha Exarban Knights, we called him Bitsy because he was so bitter all the time. Well, Bitsy drove everybody bananas, right? Former first-round pick. And Lemieux had had enough of them. They'd already had an altercation. Uh, about four minutes before, and they came across the blue line. <laughs> Lemieux two hands him, then goes after him. And the best part of this, Frank, Mike Keenan's coaching the, the Florida Panthers. The Panthers are up 6 nothing. so obviously the Pittsburgh Penguins are pretty angry. The captain, Super Mario, is making a point. But Mario had 29 penalty minutes in this game. In the entire season that year, he had 43 pims. <laughs> so he took like three quarters of all his penalty minutes in one game yeah. because Brad Ferentz drove him over the edge. Two things. One, I would say that Bitsy is an incredible nickname, and I feel like it might stick in my house for me. 
Um, and two, if you look at Mario Lemieux, he did have one season of 100 penalty minutes back in the same year, 1988-89, that he had 199 points, which is kind of bananas. And I don't know. I just think when you're a player of that ilk, you're just like, come on, Pigeon, get away from me. Like, you know, you don't need the uh, extracurriculars. So I love that he got fired up, and up enough to take matters into his own hands. Yeah. I mean, imagine, imagine Connor McDavid doing that, right? Austin Matthews just beating the wheels off someone. <laughs> it just doesn't happen anymore. Sign me up. I think we'd all like a little more juice like we saw on Monday night at Madison Square Garden. Mike, that'll do it for today's edition of Daily Faceoff Live. We'll be back 12 noon Eastern on Wednesday. You know where to find us. Subscribe to the Daily Faceoff YouTube channel, and we'll talk to you then. Until then, have a great day, everyone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? 
For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.